Your word says, and the truth shall make you free. God set us free in Jesus Christ. Bless our time together in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Today we want to look at three particular matters within this, because this is, this is Paul's, where he makes a personal greeting. This is the introduction to the book of, 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 to the book of Romans, and he introduces himself, as we'll see in just a moment. And then he begins to talk about, why am I even writing this letter? Why, why is it important that I even share this letter with you? And then he gets right into the theme of what the letter is all about. And I want us to take that and break it down. Because it was very common within the, the time that um, the first century that when someone wrote a letter, that they'd first begin to, to introduce themselves. Today, we'll write a letter, and our greetings is at the very end. In, in, in first century times, you'd do that at the, at the beginning. And so it was Paul that was introducing himself, and we'll, we'll see in just a moment why this was so important to him, that, that, that he had such a long introduction. But to really understand a letter, to really understand when you, when you read something, you need to understand from where it's coming, to, to, to know the heart of the matter. As we begin to read this, as we, we, it starts, the very first word is Paul. And, and that was a, more of a, a Greek name, but he wasn't always known by Paul because the very first time that we was introduced to this man that wrote this letter, he was not called Paul at all. He was named by Saul, Saul of Tarsus. Saul is a very Hebrew name. And, and the first time that we met him, he was a man that, that he would later say to himself that he was, he was uh, born in Tarsus, and Tarsus was, was north of Jerusalem. He was not born in Jerusalem. And, and Tarsus was a very, even though he was born of Hebrew parents, that, that he, was, he grew up in a very Greek or Gentile environment. And not only that, for, we don't know exactly how, but he was a Roman citizen, although he had never been to Rome himself. But probably early within his childhood, he had, had moved down to, his parents probably had sent him down to Jerusalem, and he was trained by some of the greatest Jewish scholars of his day. And as a matter of fact, not only was he trained by some of the greatest Jewish scholars, he was one of the great students of his day. He was brilliant, not only in Hebrew thought, but we find in other letters, he was also brilliant in Gentile thought. He, he, he knew even the Greek poets very, very clearly. He was a brilliant man. But he was absolutely impassioned in the law of God. As a matter of fact, he was what was called a, a Pharisee, one that was just absolutely um, did everything he could to make sure that he kept the law of God. And he was a guy that obviously had volunteered himself because, because when this new thing called the gospel of Christ or the followers of Jesus Christ begin to break out and, 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 and people such as Paul or, or Saul just saw that was an attack against the, the Hebrew culture and the Hebrew law. He became embittered by that and he was one of the leaders of trying to destroy what we know today was the early church. As a matter of fact, the first time that we are introduced to Paul, there, were, there was a young man by the name of Stephen. He was one of the first deacons, and he was a, obviously a great preacher of the gospel. And, and he had so infuriated the leaders of that day that they cast him out, and they, 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 they killed him, they murdered him, they executed him by stoning. And the first time we know of Paul was they were laying their cloaks at Saul's feet, 
Obviously, he was the overseer of this execution of an innocent man. And it was Saul that heard this young man, Stephen, and he looked down and was watching him being executed, that Stephen looked in, into heaven and it's like he saw Jesus at the right hand of God and it was described that he had the face of an angel. And it was Stephen that Saul heard say, Father, forgive them. And that's the first time that we knew of Saul. And so when, if that was the only glimpse that we ever heard of this man, you'd think there's no way he could write a letter like this. But you know, there's a funny thing that happens in our lives. In all of his anger and all of his bitterness, as he was on the road to Damascus to persecute and jail and even murder more Christians, he met a man named Jesus Christ. And his life was changed. His life was changed. And, and even through that, that, that we begin to no longer understand him as Saul with the Hebrew name, but now we know him as Paul. A Gentile or a Greek name. And maybe because that God, and we'll find in just a minute, had called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And so that's how Paul began this. And you know, as, as we begin to look at this passage, we begin to learn about the man, the man Paul, who wrote this letter. He, he could have described himself any way that he, I mean, he was a, he, again, he was a great Hebrew scholar. Um, even after he became a Christian, he was the, 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 one of the prominent missionaries. And he could, have, he could have been called himself many, many ways, but the, it's interesting the first way that the Apostle Paul chose to, to introduce himself. He didn't say Paul, a teacher of the gospel. He did not say Paul, great missionary, or, or, or Paul, the uh, Hebrew of Hebrews. He said Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. In all reality, some of your, your, your translations may um, translate it a slave because that's probably a better translation. Because servant is a, is a word doulos, and then it means a bondservant. And it's, it's, it's a bondservant is a person that, that who, in, in, in Jewish lines of thought, that who would voluntarily, they, they love their master so much, they would voluntarily give their life up for their master. And they said, you know what? I choose to get rid of, I choose to lay down all of my rights. I love you so much, master. I'll follow you. I'll, I'll give up. I'll make my life to live for you. It wasn't quite the same within Gentile culture. Many times that was just used that, you know, as any type of a common slave. And so who was he speaking to? Was he speaking to the, the Hebrews? Or was he talking to the Gentiles? Probably both. But one thing they all knew, they all knew the idea of a slave. It's one that whose whole world consisted of no rights of myself. I'm only here to serve my master. I think it's very interesting as we get into this because Rome was a city of about 1.2 million people. There's a lot of difference, but it's a big city. It was a mega city. But did you realize that half of the people in Rome were slaves? Now, for the Roman people, if you were not a slave, it was very offensive to even consider yourself to be a slave because slaves were to be looked down upon. They were, you know, they were like property, and, and to even consider calling yourself a slave was very offensive to the common Roman citizen. Could be, Paul be speaking to them? Well, maybe he, maybe he was showing them there was something different in life. 
but also it had to endear himself to the many who were slaves. That this Paul, this man that I'm sure that most of them had heard about, he was, he was considering himself a slave. But did you know that Jesus Christ considered himself a servant, a minister also? So Paul, his first introduction of himself is that Paul, a servant, a slave of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you right now, if you were to introduce yourself and you was writing a letter to someone, how would you introduce yourself? I mean, how would you like to present yourself? Isn't it funny that when we meet or introduce people that, that are, are introduced to people that we don't know, we, we really kind of make more of ourselves than we should? And the Apostle Paul was doing just the opposite. He was making less of himself than what he really should. But, but then he goes on and he begins to speak of his authority. He says, not only am, am I an apostle, I mean, not only am I a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm called to be an apostle. And there's a couple of things that's very important about that. He is speaking of authority because, because the word apostle itself is one that was sent out. It's an emissary. It's, a, it's a, an ambassador. And, and, and that can be used in a lot of different ways. But while Paul was speaking of that, he was speaking about that group of men that Jesus Christ himself had called out. And, and within the early church, it's understood that these men had to have face-to-face encounter with Je- uh, the risen Jesus Christ. And although that... that, that, that maybe Paul saw Jesus Christ while he was alive, and maybe he was one of them standing out, crucify him, and he probably was. But the first encounter that he had face-to-face was he had the encounter of the risen Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ met him, you know what Jesus said to him? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you trying to kick against the goats? And so he first encountered Jesus Christ in a very negative way because Jesus Christ was confronting him. Why are you doing these things, Saul? But Jesus Christ had a a better way for him. And it's through his salvation that Jesus Christ called him to be one of his apostles. Jesus, Paul had saw the risen Jesus Christ on that day, and his life had, had changed forever. And now he was called. This is important because this was something that once Paul say, got saved, he says, you know, I, I believe I'm going to be an apostle. Folks, it doesn't work that way. That's just like preachers today. There's a lot of preachers that call themselves into ministry. Or, or their mamas call them into ministry. Or somebody, you know, calls them up and says, hey, you know what, you look like, you know, that, that, that'd be just a good, good profession to have, folks. Those such as Paul that are truly called to be apostles are one that Jesus Christ himself spoke to and called them out. Paul says, I'm not doing this of my own. I'm doing this under the, under the, the authority of Jesus Christ, and I'm here standing under his authority. He wanted the people to understand that he has authority to write these words. But, but he, he started, he says, I'm a servant. I'm an apostle. And then I think it's very interesting that he says that also I was separated. I was separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see this idea of separation throughout all the Word of God where 
that, folks, you can't stay where you are and go with God. That once you make God, you either are His or you're not. There's no standing on the fence. And, and, and the whole idea of, of even the idea of sanctification is we're separating ourselves from the world and we're becoming more like Jesus Christ. And I don't know if the Apostle Paul was using a play on words, and maybe he was, but you know that this word separation is the very same word from which the Pharisees get their name. You see, before the Apostle Paul... When he was Saul, he was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees, their very name meant that we're, we're separated people. We're separated for the law of God. And so, so we're going to set our parts away from everyone else. We're going to look differently, talk differently. And, and everybody thought, wow, aren't these wonderful guys? And, and they were legalists because they were separated to the law of God. But now Paul uses that same word and says, you know, I'm no longer a Pharisee separated to the law of God. I'm a believer separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm no, longer, I'm, not, I'm no longer separated to the law. I'm separated to the gospel of the good news of God. And what he was saying is, is that when I met Jesus Christ, things changed in my life. I could not continue in the path that I was going, that I had to separate myself from my old life because I'd been given a new life and a new call on Jesus. Uh, in, in Jesus Christ. And folks, even as we hear the description of Paul, how he talks to himself, we should apply that within our own life. And, and because so many people who claim to come to know Christ, claim to meet the risen Savior, you never see a separation within their life. They just continue to look the same and they continue to, to just waddle around in the old life that they live. And Paul says, I couldn't do that. I was separated from that life. Because I have a higher calling upon my life, and that's the gospel of God. And so we're just getting a, a description of, of who the man that wrote this letter, but, but let's just look a little bit, bit deeper at the message that he was speaking about. And he addressed that within that passage. He says that I'm separated and wanting to the gospel of God. The gospel is a word that simply means good news or good message. He says, when Jesus Christ met me, that he brought a message into my life that was, was, was gooder than good. It was great. It changed my life. And that is what I'm separated to. And he makes it clear that this was a divine message. This is not something Paul came up in one of his... Um, is one, one of his classes or philosophies or this is not something that, that man brought up. And he says, this is something that came from God himself. And so, folks, when we read these words of Paul, these were not the words of Paul. These were the words of God himself. And, 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 and as much as I want to, yeah, I just pray that God, that when I speak, that you don't hear the, my words, you hear the words of God. These are divine this is the gospel of God. And listen to how he, he describes this message. Not only is it the gospel of God, but it says also is which he promised before through the prophets and the Holy Scriptures. Paul says not only is this not of man, it's of God, but also this is not a new teaching. This teaching didn't start with the life of Jesus Christ. This teaching, this good news Begin with the very prophets. And who is the first prophet we read in Scripture? It's Moses. As a matter of fact, we can, we can trace the gospel roots all the way back to the garden. 
But when God created man and he created woman, he created them in our own image and he created them for relationship, but it was man that rebelled against God. And we're going to look at that earlier where, where man turned his back at God, that man wanted to be like God and make his own decisions, and man's sin separated him from God. And what did man immediately do? He went and hid himself and he felt full of shame. And part of the gospel is, folks, you don't come looking for God. God comes looking for you. And so it was God who came looking in that garden. And see, man can't cover his own sins. And that's, that's, that's part of the legalism is, is man has tried to always atone or cover for his own sins. But, but folks, the gospel says you can't do that, that God alone can atone for your sins. And it was God that provided that innocent animal to cover man's sin. So in the very earliest prophets, we see the beginning of the gospel, although it's not all spelled out, but, but we continue on to see that through the prophets about, you know, see the time that, that where, where God would provide that when, when Isaac says, Daddy, you know, here you are, you're taking me up on this mountain, we're going to make a sacrifice, here's, the, here's the, the wood and here's the fire, but where's the sacrifice? He didn't know that was him. But Abraham said, you know what, God will provide, and guess what God did provide? There was a ram in the thicket that was a substitute for him. There was the children of Israel that the death angel was about, and the tenth plague was going to pass over. And, 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 and whether it be man or livestock, that God was going to take the firstborn. But there's that picture of the gospel where God says, you take a lamb and you bring that lamb into your home, that perfect lamb, and you, you, on the night that I tell you, you sacrifice that lamb and paint your lentils of your doorway with the blood of the lamb, and who's ever under the blood, the, the angel's going to pass over. You see, we, we see that in, in Isaiah that all oh, we like sheep went astray, but the Lord laid our iniquity upon him. So the Apostle Paul was saying, this good news is not something that I've just come up with or something that just hit the scene. This is something that has been, at the very beginning of man, preached by the prophets. That's why some have said you can open, open any page of the Bible, Old Testament or New, and it will blood, bleed the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he says... Also, about this message that concerned his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You know what he's saying? The good news is all about Jesus Christ. You don't have good news if you don't have Jesus Christ. There is no gospel apart from Jesus Christ. And he says, this whole gospel that I'm preaching, all of the, I've, been, I've been separated to the gospel of God, this, which is all about Jesus Christ. He is front and center. If you think that you can have relationship with God apart from Jesus Christ, you're badly mistaken. And he said, this is about Jesus Christ, and he described Jesus Christ two ways. I think it's very interesting that when he named, he said, Jesus, Jesus is his personal name. He's the Joshua of the New Testament, Savior, or uh, which Jesus means, but he's also Christ. And so he is Savior, the Messiah. Christ is simply the, the New Testament term for Messiah in the Old Testament. And he explains, this is how it happened. 
He was born of the seed of David in the flesh. And so he had the, the, he had the right pedigree coming from the seed of David to be the Messiah, but he also was born in the flesh. He was all man. He was a man just like you and me. He was born of the flesh. But not only was he born of the flesh, he was the son of God. Folks, all you have to do is study the New Testament and realize that the reason the Jews crucified Jesus Christ because they knew that he claimed to be the Son of God. And buddy, they could, they could demean him all they wanted to, but folks, when that tomb became empty through the resurrection, he proved that he was the Son of God. Because only God can raise himself from the dead. And that's what he said. He was, he, was, he was born of the seed of David, of the flesh. He was an all man, but he was all God. And he proved that through the power of the resurrection. And Paul says, this is the person I'm speaking about. This is the person that's the very center of the gospel that, I, that I, am, I am separated to preach. And folks, again, unless you understand that gospel of who it's about and what it concerns, you'll never be set free as the Apostle Paul. And what was his mission? He says in verse 5, these words, through whom we've received grace and apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his names. There's something very interesting here. First of all, he says, all this happened to me by God's grace. There was nothing good within me. There was nothing I did that could merit that, first of all, God would call me to salvation, that God would call me to be an apostle, to separate me from the gospel of Christ. It's by his grace that God has called me. And, folks, you're gonna, we're going to hear that theme through the book of Romans. You may be here today and says, I'm not even worthy of God. Paul would tell you he's not worthy of God, but it's by his grace that I can say these things that I'm doing. But then he continued on as he spoke these words, through whom we have received grace and apostleship, that God has given me the authority. And listen to this. This is interesting. For the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. For the first part of his life, the Apostle Paul preached it, was, it had to be the obedience to the law. That's the only way that would, you'd make you right. But now God, Paul says it's not obedience to the law that's going to make you right. It's going to be obedience to the faith of Jesus Christ that makes you right with God. That you must place your trust in him, not in your works, but in the faith of what Jesus Christ did for you. That's when he's speaking the faith, the faith in Jesus Christ. And this is not for just us, it's for among all nations, for his name. And then he makes a statement as he was closing out. And among whom you also were called of Jesus Christ. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, it's because God has called you to that. God has separated you out and it was by his grace that he's called you to be obedient to, his, to trust in him. That is what God has called us to do. And this is what he's going to open up and we're going to learn about in, in, in the book of Romans. But let me just, just move through and um, as, as we get, but who is he writing to? He said it's to all the church in Rome. To all who in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. 
I think this is so interesting because Rome was a mega city, but it had a very strong church. Paul did not establish his church. This is one of the few churches that Paul wrote to that he did not establish. But probably the church that, that when we read about Pentecost, there were people from all over the, the, the world, and also it named people from Rome that were at Pentecost. And probably it was when, when the Holy Spirit fell 50 days after Jesus had arose from the dead that, that that's where people began to speak in all languages there. And people from all around the world that had gathered to, gather to, to, to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit fell and the first day, there was 3,000 people got saved. Some of them were Roman people. And then on another day, was another 2,000. And so the Holy Spirit, and so these people eventually left and went back to Rome. And apparently that's where the church was started, from, from, from Pentecost itself. And it grew to be a very, very strong church. And, and as we're going to read in just a minute, that, that their faith was known throughout the world. But, but you have to understand the Roman church. Probably just as Rome was a very diverse city, so their church was a very diverse church. Within, within Rome, you had, you had Roman citizens that were free men, but also you had half of the people in Rome were slaves. You had in, in, in Rome, you had aristocrats, those who were you know, very strong within the political world, and then you just had servants. And, and folks, we find that even in, in, in Rome, that there were, in the Church of Rome, there were even people who served within the household of Caesar. I mean, there were aristocrats. But many of them were just servants. They were just common household servants. And so you had, you had Jewish people that had been, you know, that, that, had, that had been saved. You had Gentile people that had been saved. You had Roman citizens that were free men that had been saved. You had Roman um, slaves who had been saved. You had some that were very aristocratic that had been saved. You had some people that were just common household servants. Isn't that the beauty of the body of Christ? That no matter where you come from, that, that, that you are all the same. And he says in just a moment, you're all called to be saints. It doesn't matter whether you're a Hebrew or Gentile. It doesn't matter whether you're a Roman citizen or a, or a slave. It did not matter whether you're an aristocrat or a servant. You're all called to be saints. And that's who Paul says, I'm writing to all of you. I'm writing to all of you. I think that's so cool. You know, God can save a Yankee. And he can save a Southerner born by grace. Amen. He can save a person with a PhD. He can save a person that can't even write his name. He can save the president. He can save the servant of the president. But when God sees us, he sees us all the same. He sees us as saints of God. Isn't that amazing? So, folks, it doesn't matter where we came from. It's, it, what matters is who we met. And when we meet Jesus Christ, we become his saints. 
And the word saint is, a, is just a, a, another word that is the same word as what we find as holy. Within your Bible, it's, it might say holy Bible. This is a, and, and, and holiness is it's not a pure, only a purification, but it's a separation. It's a, we're, we're, we're set apart. And every one of you, no matter where you came from, Christ has set you apart that you might be his servant, that you might be holy and pure. Isn't that good? Man. You know what I think? I want to end on that today. I didn't get through all those verses. But I think that's a good thought. No matter who you are today, God sees you the same. And God will meet you at the cross of Jesus Christ. Pastor, you don't know where I came from. You don't know what I've done in my life. It doesn't matter. That when you meet Jesus Christ, he will see you like anybody else. Pastor, I don't understand it all. You know, I, 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 I've never been around and I've never studied much Bible. You know, it doesn't matter. You just meet him, at, you meet him by faith. It's for by grace are you saved through faith. You just have to believe that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone will save you. Folks, Paul was a murderer. Paul was a man that, that had lived his life and he was embittered. He was a man that persecuted Jesus Christ and his church himself. I mean, he was an enemy of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ saved him and called him a saint. So, folks, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus Christ has come to die for all. And see, as Paul says, I'm, I'm separated to the gospel. I'm, there's good news. There's good news for each of you. No matter where you come from, no matter what you're done, you are not so far separated from God that there's not a God in heaven right now trying to draw you back and reconcile with you. Just like he did Paul. And that's why Paul says, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. And we're going to see later where he's the debtor because I'll never pay my debt. And that's how he's describing himself. And that's how he described the, to the church of Rome. So what we've done today is get a glimpse of a man that wrote this wonderful letter. And it's going to unfold and just, um, we're going to find next week. And I want to go ahead and tell you this now, that the theme of this is what you'll find in verse 16, what we're working to. He says, I'm, you know what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God and the salvation for anyone who believes, the Jews first and also the Greek. Paul says, if it had this power to save me, it has the power to save you to anyone who believes. And we're going to focus on that more next week. Let me just ask you today, what about you? If I was going to sit down and write a letter today and I was going to introduce myself, how would I describe myself? Would I try to make myself better than what I really am? Or that I have met Jesus Christ in such a way that I realize I'm nothing apart from him. Or how do you see yourself today? And 
And, and maybe there's, there's some of you that have truly met Jesus Christ, but you still are allowing yourself to carry the guilt of yesterday. Maybe there's something in your past that you that just keeps dragging you down. Remember, Paul was a murderer. I, I don't believe there was a day that went by that didn't, it didn't flash through Paul's mind when he, he, when he flashed back and, and looked back and remembered that he was a part of stoning an innocent man. But you know what? He'd have to capture that thought and said that I've been forgiven by Jesus Christ, that he's even forgiven a murderer such as me. So don't allow that to beat you down. You come to Jesus because it's nothing that you can do. It's everything that Jesus has done for you. For by grace are you saved through faith. I'm asking you today as we look at the Apostle Paul, how he described himself and as he spoke to the Romans, let that be a mirror to yourself. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a saint of God? One that has been perfected and the one that has been separated for Jesus Christ. You can through Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry that guilt anymore. You don't have to worry all that past in your life anymore. That can be all laid at the cross. Because in a moment, I want to ask our team to come up and begin to, to lead us in a time of song. And this is a time to, 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 that we invite you. Is, is Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Today may be your Damascus Road experience. That Today, that it might be Jesus Christ. He's speaking to you face to face. And the question is, will you hear him? Will you obey him? I can promise you, no matter where you are in your life, he wants to radically change your life, just like he did Paul's. And he says, guess what? He is the power of God and the salvation. There's nothing he can't do in your life. Do you know Jesus? If not, I invite you to come and say, hey, pastor, tell me about this Jesus. Or you may be here today as a Christian and you just want to come and bow down and say, thank you, Lord, for making me what you've made me. Or you may be come today and you've been carrying some, some baggage that, 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 that you shouldn't be carrying. You should come lay it at the cross and say, Lord, I bring this to you. Would you come today? Would our team come up at this time and begin to lead us? As they come, I want you to think about those things. I'm just, as they come, I want you to stand right now. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? The Apostle Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And it may be very well today that he's speaking to you right now. I invite you to come as we, as we share in this. Call, Jesus Christ is calling you. He's calling you to himself even right now. Now, Father, I just pray that you'd take this time, and God, that you would just um, use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.